Welcome to another episode of Dating Intentionally. I'm your host, Talia, and I'm your dating app partner in crime. On Dating Intentionally, I'm helping you get to know yourself better so you can date in a way that truly aligns with your goals and values, and of course, helping you have fun in the process. On this episode, we're going to do a deep dive on why rejection and dating hurts so bad and how to stop letting rejection and dating get you down. First, we'll cover what the issue is, how to reframe and accept rejection, how to ban- bounce back from it, what you can do today to avoid that delete, download, and repeat cycle with the apps. And then at the end of this episode, I'm going to answer a listener question and share a story about when I was rejected early on in my dating journey. So let's dive in and thanks again for being here. I really appreciate you. So what's the big problem here? Well, in dating, especially if you're using the apps, even if you're not using the apps, you're going to get ghosted. You're going to receive a text message, a phone call, or just you're going to have someone telling you that they're not interested in you. You're going to get the breadcrumbing or runaround treatment where people are basically kind of keeping you on the back burner but not fully letting you go. We've all been there. And you feel like crap. It's the worst. You know, you're thinking, what's wrong with me? Why don't they like me? What am I doing wrong? Is my picker broken? When I say picker, I mean, are you choosing the wrong people? When you get rejected, especially if you are new to dating or if you've kind of been in the dating game for a while and you're just over it, it can really screw with your motivation to do it. It can screw with your self-esteem. And I get it. Um, And I'm really hoping that this episode can help you kind of work through that. And I'm going to give you some strategies and ways to reframe it so it doesn't affect you so much. I'm not, you know, we're not going to cure feeling sad about being rejected, but I think there are some ways to avoid this like volatile reaction where it's like so bad and so it gets us so down. You know, it's going to happen and it doesn't need to be so dramatic. Because here's the thing, like rejection and, and this whole part of the process can be over so overwhelming that you don't want to date at all. And you feel like you can't trust anyone because you get rejected in various ways over and over. So here's what to do. Let's talk about reframing rejection. They want you to listen to this. Getting rejected is more about them and not you. I'm serious. A person who says, hey, I don't want to date you that decision is really more about them and has very little to do with you. And rejection is a good thing. It's redirection. I'm sure you see, you've seen this on Instagram. I have, and I really think it, it resonates with me. Rejection is redirection because the right person is not going to reject you. And we're going to talk more about why it's a good thing. And lastly, the reframe, it's part of the process. Accept that you will be rejected if you're going to date it's almost like a badge of honor. It's it's like, yeah, that's badass. You know, you put yourself out there and you were rejected and you lived and you survived. The more you go through it, the less it'll hurt because it's just part of the process. It happens to everyone. Everyone. It doesn't matter how, what you look like, your personality, your job, where you live, anything about you, every single person on this planet gets rejected in the dating process. And if you're not getting rejected, you're not taking risks. So knowing that rejection will happen, how do you not let it ruin your entire week or make you want to delete the apps? So here's the thing. We are obsessed with being chosen. I know I am. Like, I want to be chosen. It feels good. But we base our self-worth on who chooses us or being chosen by other people in this dating process. And we're taught to do this, right? Thanks, Disney. 
we're taught that the best thing in the world as a woman or someone who identifies as a woman is to be chosen by someone else and be like, I pick this person, you know, <laughs> that's, that's what we're conditioned to kind of strive towards. And I feel that pressure. I feel that, like, I feel like it was ingrained in me growing up, but this is a hundred percent in our control to change. We can flip this around and we can be choosers instead of being obsessed with being chosen. So what's one way we can learn this? Accept that you're not everyone's cup of tea. One of the big reasons I wanted to start this podcast is to help other women and people gain confidence. Confidence helps us have fun out there in the dating world. And all confidence is, is the trust in your ability to do something. That's what confidence is. Again, the more you do this, the more your confidence will be built up. And confidence in ourselves and in this process helps us understand that and and not get so hurt when we're not someone's cup of tea. And spoiler alert, it doesn't matter how amazing you are. And trust me, you are amazing. There are people out there who just won't be into you and that's really okay because you aren't going to be into everyone you meet. That's just how it works. Could you imagine if if everyone was automatically into everyone? We would never decide. And I want you to make peace with that because once you really internalize that, it's going to be easier to be yourself. And when you are really showing up as yourself, it's almost, again, like rejection is just, is less of a downer because you know what? Like you were just being yourself. And if you're not everyone's cup of tea, it's really okay. It's going to happen. Even outside of dating, it's easier to like yourself when you're not worried about everyone else liking you. And that's the main thing we need to be focusing on is learning how to like ourselves. Like yourself enough to the point where you don't need anyone else to like you. I'm going to share some strategies for this later on, but really sit with this. You know, how would dating feel if you did not care if they liked you and you were only going into it worrying if you liked them? Getting rejected would feel a lot different. And look, it feels good to feel desired. I'm I'm not saying don't don't chase that. It's just not the only thing. Like you want to be in a dating situation where you feel desired and you feel like that person is putting energy into getting to know you. But you can't go through life trying to manipulate other people into liking you and by acting like someone you think they'd be into. You know, show up as yourself. And if you're not that person's cup of tea, great. Awesome. Move on to the next. Here's another thing about rejection and letting get you down. Consider your mental and emotional energy. Is it worth it? One of the biggest issues in dating and one of the biggest reasons it's not fun is when you put so much energy into worrying about if they like you. And if you do, you feel like you've won. But if you don't, you feel like you're worthless. And that's a big problem. Why give other people that much power over how we feel about ourselves? Why? Seriously. When we give other people that much power, the stakes in this dating process are so much higher and rejection is so much scarier. But again, if you go into it already liking yourself, already knowing that you're amazing, it doesn't matter what the other person thinks of you. All that matters is if there's a connection, right? And who has the power? This is something that is 100% in your control. You don't have to give the person you're dating that much power over how much you, how you feel about yourself. When you come from a place of liking yourself, no matter the outcome, it is transactional in a way, right? Especially the first few dates. When you go into these dating situations kind of separated from the outcome and the outcome meaning do you like each other and move forward or do you not like each other and decide not to see each other again? It's just a lot more fun because there's less riding on 
oh my God, do they like me? And more riding on, is there a connection? Yes or no? You'll start to see rejection as a good thing because they're off the hook. You're off the hook, right? If you get ghosted, great. That person, you don't have to deal with it. They showed you who they are. You don't have to deal with them and you get to go find someone better. The right person for you isn't going to reject you. So getting rejected is be like, great, this is one more person that I don't have to talk to or ever deal with again. The right person for you will see how amazing you are and be secure enough in themselves to pursue you. And if someone isn't into you, it's okay. It's really like, it's kind of like cool. Don't have to deal with that. Going back to the like, is it worth your energy thing? People need to earn your emotional and mental energy. If a guy doesn't text you after a first date, who cares? He's a stranger. Yes, you put yourself out there. Yes, you showed up. But that doesn't automatically mean they have to like you. And you're not a failure if they don't. They need to earn it. So take a step back, observe what they're doing, and pay attention to if you like it. Pay attention to how you feel about what they're doing and pay less attention to, you know, trying to figure out if they like you. Because again, they're going to show you they like you if they like you. And here's the last thing about rejection that can kind of reframe it for you. And I've mentioned it a few times, and that is be the chooser. Look, we all have checklists, right? Tall, handsome, funny, smart, you know, good job, whatever, whatever it is. But them liking you back should be on that checklist. In fact, it should be probably like top three. In intentional dating, there's no chasing or trying to convince someone why they should go out with you or trying to convince someone that you're great. Instead, you are showing up as yourself. You're focusing on whether or not you like them and don't automatically hope that they choose you. You don't want to be chosen by everyone. That's overwhelming. Not everyone who likes you isn't going to be your cup of tea either. So your only job on a date, especially in the early stage dating, which is like the first maybe like one to six dates, is deciding if you like them enough to hang out with them or trade your free time to hang out with them. That's like the main thing. Are they fun enough? Are they interesting enough? Are or do you feel like you vibe well? Do you have similar interests? Do you feel like you can talk a lot with them? Those are the questions you should be asking, not, oh my God, I hope they like me. Go into dates assuming they're already obsessed with you. And we'll talk more about that. When the other person on the date with you can sense that you like yourself enough where you don't need to be liked by them, it makes everyone more comfortable. And do it for you. Don't do it for them. Just saying that comfort is a side effect of confidence. The main reason to become so sure of yourself is to not let dating be the scariest roller coaster in the park. Dating should be like the more manageable roller coaster, you know, like those wooden ones that don't go upside down that are actually pr- pleasant. That's what dating should feel like, not the ones that feel like where you feel like you're going to die. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like roller coasters, by the way. Maybe, maybe you could tell. So just to recap, the main things are one, accept that you're not everyone's cup of tea. Two, Consider your mental and emotional energy. Is it worth it? And three, be the chooser. So let's talk about a couple of things you can do today to help kind of work through your feelings around rejection and inject some of that self-confidence right into your brain. This is going to feel dumb, but I would love for you to sit down with a notebook and a pen and write a page about yourself, positive things only. Thinking positively about yourself, it's like a muscle you'll have to strengthen. 
I don't know about you, but my brain can be a pretty horrible place to be in sometimes. And I'm very critical. And I'll notice I'll be like, wow, my brain is not a great place to be right now. Like my mind, like the way I'm thinking of myself, this is not a nice, friendly place. And I catch myself and I'll start counterbalancing the negativity with some positive thoughts about myself. And I feel a lot better. So that's kind of the idea there. Write it down. Uh, It feels really good. And write things that you know, your accomplishments, things you're good at, things you like about yourself. You know, maybe you're an amazing sister. Maybe you're an amazing dancer. Maybe you're really good at your job or, you know, anything that you could think of. So that's your first piece of homework. The second thing is think back on the last few times you were rejected and it took a hit to your self-worth. How would the situation be different if you looked at them as a person and gave yourself a chance to decide if they were worth giving that much of yourself to at that point? So I'm talking about someone you only went out with a few times, not a full-on relationship. But like, think think back on a time you were rejected and be like, okay, wow, I was so upset, but was that even worth it? Were they worth it? Did I like them? Relive that and go back and 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 take stock, you know, of these experiences. Be like, did I even like them and why? Okay, the last thing, really simple, really easy, is spend time with yourself. Being able to spend time with yourself is a great way to build self-trust, confidence, and to learn about why you're great. You know, if you like your own company, other people will. Um, I I believe that. So go get get dinner by yourself. Go get some ice cream. Go for a walk. Go shopping. um, Go to a movie. Just anything by yourself. Get a pedicure. Whatever makes you feel good. I personally love eating alone. And I mean, I love traveling alone. I go on hikes by myself. You know, I love spending time with myself. And I think that's part of why I feel so confident because I just know I'm good company even alone. Okay, so here are some other tips that you can put into practice the next time you go on a date. One, go into the date assuming they are already obsessed with you. Imagine that. Just imagine you walk in, they're already obsessed with you. How would you act differently? How would you think differently? Two, review how you felt on the date. So Logan Yuri, she wrote a book called How to Not Die Alone. Um, she has some great questions uh, that I can share on Instagram. Um, I think they're called the post date eight. You can also Google it. And basically these questions are things uh, basically, like, you know, pretty much get to how did I feel after this date? Do I feel energized? Do I feel drained? And just kind of these questions are more about how you felt about the other person and not about, you know, worrying if they liked you. Three, lower the stakes. Don't go on the date and skip ahead, right? Don't listen to them talk about their family and think about how your families will mesh together or not. Don't imagine their last name is your last name. We've all done it. The point of the first few dates is just to figure out if you want another date. That's it. So lower the stakes. You're not, don't go into a first date being like, oh my God, this might be the love of my life. Just go into it being like, do I want to hang out with this person again? That's it. The last one is have an abundance mentality. If this one doesn't work out, great. It's not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong unless you did something really weird. I think the one thing that you can do wrong at this point is like being rude to the waiter. You know, that's what people, everyone hates that. So like, as I would say, be confident in yourself that you are an amazing company, that you're an amazing date and have an abundance mentality. There are plenty of other people out there, trust me, even if you live in a small town. I think rejection is way worse when we're in scarcity. It's like, oh my God, I'm never going to meet anyone else or 
or, oh my God, I'm never going to connect with anyone else again like that. Yes, you will. Believe it. And in fact, believe that you might have a better connection with someone else. You might have meet someone who's better than that person you thought was the best person you ever met. It can happen. It's happened to me. So hopefully that will help. Those are six ideas, things you can do to start working through how you feel about rejection and improving that in your dating life. I'd love to switch gears here and get into a listener question. This question comes from a survey I did about a month ago when I was in the beginning stages of working on this podcast. So this question is as follows. I'm an extreme overthinker, and when the guy I'm dating doesn't respond quick enough, I feel like I'm getting ghosted. That happened to me in the early part of my current three-year relationship. He would barely respond all day and night. When I thought he was ghosting me, he would respond. That led me to some pretty sad and unhappy thoughts of myself. Why am I not good enough for him to respond to me? This is such a real question. And I know this feeling where it's like, wow, like, you know, you, the person who asked this, like, you value fast responses. You value um, consistent communication and feeling like this person is thinking about you because they're texting you quickly. I'm, I can relate to this. I'm sure many people listening, like, you probably can relate to this. It's important. But here is the fact. He is not you. He probably doesn't value this this, the way you do. He doesn't, to him, a quick response time doesn't mean anything. And it's hard when you're like, wow, like I, this is so important to me. Like how could it not be important? Sometimes it's just not important to the other person. We're all different. We all value different things. So don't automatically expect he values quick response times the way you do. And on the other side, don't automatically expect that a slow response means he that you're not worth it, that you're not good enough. That's not that's a story. That's not those aren't the facts. You know, that's just how we fill in the gaps. And it sucks, but but that's not reality. So what do you do? One thing you could do is tell him what you value, right? Hey, partner, it means a lot to me. I feel really good when you respond to me within an hour or two of my texts, you know, it makes me feel like you're thinking about me. It makes me feel really loved and secure. And I don't know what partner, what good partner would not want to make you feel good and secure. (laughs) So that's one thing you could do. On the other side, like you'll have to work through this, right? This takes some journaling or therapy or just kind of meditating on this idea that his response time has nothing to do with your self-worth or being good enough, you know, and you have to, you have to acknowledge that you're projecting what you value onto him and that you might not overlap there. And lastly, if you ask him and you you ask him to respond quicker, either he's capable or he's not. If he's not, and you need a fast responder on text, he's not for you, right? Some people are literally just incapable or not willing to meet our needs. I was in a relationship like that and I had to leave because, you know, what else was I going to do? The other thing, the other way, hopefully this is, you know, the more positive outcome, which is that you work on it together. You know, he works on responding faster. He might not always be perfect. He might always remember. And you work on understanding that his response time has nothing to do with your self-worth and you just don't value the same things. And that's a neutral thing in a relationship or it can be. I hope that then answer helps. The last thing I want to talk about is a personal story. This is kind of like a story time segment that I'm going to do at the end of every episode from my 64 first dates. <laughs> and I went on over 100 dates in the last year, but 
I want to talk about a time I was rejected and this happened to be I was rejected by the first person I went out with and slept with after my six-year relationship. So we're going to call this guy the fuck boy. Um, We matched on Hinge when I was in New York and I was about to come back to Seattle from like a wedding. And we were texting. I kind of was like, oh, you know, I'll text you after the wedding weekend. I got home. We were texting. And it quickly, quickly turned into sexting. Like it it very was – it was like he made one – kind of semi-sexual joke and I kind of leaned into that and then it was just all over from there. (laughs) So we were sexting and texting for a few days and finally we could meet. We met for brunch for our first date. I don't know how you feel about a brunch first date. It was fine. I mean, it was weird because like obviously our text conversations were on one level, but on the date it was like 11 a.m. and we were eating eggs and it's like you can't really be talking about all that stuff. <laughs> um, you know, when you're surrounded. I don't know, just it was odd. He was he is someone who's like like the fuck boy, he was really hot. He was one of those guys where I thought he was like a frat boy, but when I asked him if he was ever in a frat, he was offended by that question. <laughs> so I don't know if that paints a picture for you. Uh so we went for brunch the next day, or no, a few days later. Um, he had, he kind of, he kind of called me, he kind of booty called me when I think about it. He called me, you know, and he was like, Hey, I had a really bad day. Can you come over or something? And look, I was fresh out of my relationship. It was like three months after my breakup. I was just ready to hit the ground running. I was saying yes to everything. I would not make this decision today after everything I've learned and gone through, but I went over, I went over there and I was like, Hey, I'm not going to have sex with you. And we didn't that night, but we definitely did stuff. And, you know, I should have seen that as a red flag, like right away. Like, okay, he's basically booty calling me, asked me to come over after a bad day. And I, that's something that like you do in a relationship. I don't think that you would do that for like a second date or a second hang, or I don't even think you should go over to someone's place for a second hang. I don't know what I was thinking. (laughs) Clearly it wasn't. Anyway, uh, we, had a third date we got drinks we there is a bar in capitol hill here in seattle with a specific bathroom setup that is very conducive for you know a secret little meeting it's kind of like a unisex bathroom situation and we definitely fooled around in that bathroom bonus points if you can guess this bar dm me let me know what you think if you know what this bar is in capitol hill so we went back to his place and uh finished up there i went out for drinks with my friends And then the next day, I didn't hear from him all day. I was kind of like, like I sent a text after that, like it was really fun to hang out. Like, let me know when you're free next. Like I was, I sent him that text, which again, I'm not sure I would do now. And I didn't hear from him the whole day, but he told me he was going camping. So I didn't really expect to hear from him. Just to backtrack a little bit, you know, we did talk about what I was looking for and what he was looking for. And at the time, uh, you know, fresh out of my breakup, I was looking for, um, casual casual relationships nothing serious I wasn't ready to to pursue anyone seriously and he definitely was like he was ready for something serious but his actions let's be real his actions did not line up with his words on that one like you know hooking up with me on you know the second date or third date and you know all that like like sexting and stuff that doesn't align with someone who's looking for something serious in my book anyway He texted me that he, you know, basically, I guess someone he went camping with that weekend, they decided to pursue each other seriously. And he was like, 
this could have been really fun friends with benefits situation, but I'm out. And it stung. It really stung. I was like kind of surprised, you know, uh, he seemed pretty into me and into what was going on. And I was surprised even though I knew he was looking for something serious because he was texting me like nonstop every day for two weeks, basically. And it just, it really did sting. I was, I kind of knew it was coming. At least he didn't ghost me. But here is how I recovered. And this is kind of my secret sauce to dating and not, this is my way of not letting rejection get to me is that I pretty much always dated multiple people at once. So currently I am seeing one person, but when I was dating around and using the apps heavily, I pretty much had three people in my rotation at once. So he rejected me, but I was already talking to two other people. So I really wasn't that attached and it was fine. I felt like, okay, he found his thing and I'm going to keep doing my thing. And I moved on pretty quickly, even though it did sting. So that's the story of the fuck boy. I have run into him twice at climbing gyms <laughs> since that whole thing. With He was with different girls both times. And uh, that was awkward. Um, it was a little awkward, not gonna lie, because he rejected me. I don't know, it's just weird. But yeah, anyway, that that's my that's one of my few rejection stories. I definitely hope to share more on this podcast. All right. I hope this episode helped you work through rejection. I want you to get out there, have fun, lower the stakes, think about what you can learn in the process, and trust that as long as you're taking action towards the things you want, it will all fall into place. You're doing great. Once again, I'm Talia. This is Dating Intentionally. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time. Bye.